Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Mindful You podcast. Our guest today, I met several months ago at a seminar called Embracing the Woo, focusing in on spirituality, focused on healing, and focused on mindfulness. And when I was talking to our guest, she mentioned that she was a certified trainer for Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield is one of the most popular Buddhist instructors, teachers, author of books, seminars in the world. And I said, wow, let's invite you on to the Mindful You podcast to share about what you are discovering working with Jack and other things that you've done to become more present and more mindful. Our guest's name is Luann Hunt, and I am excited because she has so much knowledge. She has knowledge of the mindfulness. She has knowledge of the meditation. She has knowledge of of vision boards. She has knowledge of books. She's written in books. She's written chapters. And so she's a wealth of information. And I enjoyed interviewing her on the podcast. And it is with a great joy to welcome Luann Hunt to the Mindful You podcast. Luann, welcome to the Mindful You podcast. I'm excited to oh, be able thank to. You. Go on. I'm excited to be able to talk to you today, uh, and uh, well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, that's two people that are excited. I like that. I like that. And what what excites me, Luann, is the fact that you have traveled a path, and uh, I will call that path mindfulness meditation. And one of the key people that you have connected to on the path, which I've heard all my life, is Jack Canfield. And to have someone who's been certified by that organization, dealing with mindfulness, meditation, forgiveness, gratitude, all those, all those terms in that conversation, it's very exciting to be able to have you share with us some of the learnings and some of the teachings that Jack has given to us and given to the world. And so that is just, you know, wonderful opportunity that I couldn't miss having you be on the podcast to share with us a little bit about uh, Jack's Jack's magic. Yes, magic it is. He's pretty amazing. He's written several books and they've become number one bestsellers on the New York best selling uh, times list. So that's exciting too. And my understanding is that some of those best selling books has a chapter that was written by you. 
Well, actually, yes, I have written chapters in two books. Exciting. The what what are the chapters? Inspired... Talk, talk about the chapters. Okay. The first book was actually released last June. The foreword is by Jack Canfield, and it was called The Book on Transformation. So how I basically transformed my life in one chapter, I went from a reading, a high reading for my A1C, which is uh, the diabetes reading. I went from a pretty high level of type 2 diabetes to actually lowering it to just below the minimum amount that should be, or the maximum amount, I should say. And I have actually reversed my type two diabetes without the use of drugs. And I did that Wonderful. within three months. Yes. And are you, so I wrote about it in the book. Yeah. I was wondering, are you making a connection between what Jack teaches and what you have implemented? Is there a connection between the two? Oh, for sure. Jack teaches us all about transformation and how important it is in our lives and how we will always be going through some sort of transformation in our lives, no matter what happens. So it just goes from one level to another. And at that point in the book, when I talk about reversing my type 2 diabetes, it's one of the highest pandemics, believe it or not, in the United States and in Canada. And after the pandemic, which was COVID, it actually was even higher uh, because of all the sedentary and everybody getting locked down and getting locked in. And Jack taught, taught us to never give up. And I was studying under Jack when this came about. And one of the things that I studied under Jack was actually vision boards. And I put right in the center of my vision board, which is right over my head that I look at every day that I wanted to beat type two diabetes within three months. And that is right in the center of my vision board. And what's interesting is I actually accomplished that. When I went in to get my A1C tested again, I told the nurse when she was taking my blood work that I was going to lower my A1C to below the normal amount. And she started laughing. She said, well, don't be disappointed if that doesn't happen. She said, because that's a kind of a rare thing. And I said, well, it's going to happen because I put it in the middle of my vision board. And she started laughing and she was telling everybody in the office, she's like, oh, get a load of this one. She's going to lower her A1C because she put it on her vision board. Well, I kind of had the last laugh because I did lower it. So, and I lowered it lower than what I had actually targeted for. So it was pretty funny at the time. And so there's a, a power uh, that is available um, if you can utilize various resources, and one of the resources you're talking about is a vision board. So for audiences may not be fully aware of what a vision board is, why don't you sort of take us on a little tour of what a vision board is and how to create a vision board? Sure. Actually, I'm doing a talk next week on Wednesday through Kimberly Crow. And I am doing my presentation on vision boards, how to create a magical vision board. 
So isn't this great timing? And wasn't that what I talked about during the session when I met you? When we did uh, Embrace the Woo. Absolutely. I, 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 yes. I, I'm very familiar with Embrace the Woo. And also, I want to delve into what are some of the key, if I wanted to create a vision board, what, Absolutely. Would, I, what would I do? Well, the first thing that you should do is if you already have a vision board, there's ways that you can make it more powerful, which I'll talk about in a second. But if you're just kind of getting ready to start a vision board, the very first thing that you should do is you should sit down and write out, I would say, 20 to 25 things that you have accomplished, goals that you've accomplished in the last six months to a year. And the reason why you want to do that is because you want to get those juices flowing and you want to know that it's possible. You want to make your mind the mindset. You want to set your mind up so that it knows that things that you think about are possible. And then from there, what you want to do is you want to write down, you want to write out your goals that you would like to actually uh, work on or the goals for maybe your business or in the six areas such as your health, community, maybe your love goals, your employment goals, your or your retirement goals, your fitness goals. You want to write those down. Even if you just keep them short and sweet, that's okay. But you want to make a list so that you can know exactly where you're going. Because you don't want to go to the ocean with a teaspoon, correct? That's cute. No, you don't want you to go to the teaspoon. <laughs> and you definitely don't want to go to a casino without any money. So when you write down your accomplishments before you even write down your goals, you're setting yourself up to know that it's possible and that you can do it. So that's the first thing that you want to do. You want to sit down and you want to write out those goals. And then from there, what you want to do is you want to make it kind of visual and you want to make it so that you feel those goals. And the best way to do that is to maybe flip through some old magazines or believe it or not, some travel magazines. That's exciting. You want to flip through magazines because you're actually using both sides of your brain when you do that. You're working both sides of the brain and you're the one who kind of taught me a little bit about that. So you're engaging both sides of the brain. And that's a good thing because that will definitely bring into place. You want to wrap your head around that whole sight, sense, hearing, touching. And you want to pick out some pictures. Now, I'm not saying that if you want to create a vision board on Canva or on the computer, on um, I've done many on PowerPoint or anything to that effect that it doesn't work. It's just a lot better. Like I said, it engages both sides of the brain and it really is effective if you can cut pictures out and not just pictures, but little things that, uh, that you like to hear that just, they bring you emotion and like they make you feel good and this is where you're going to say, yes, that sounds like me. That sounds like a goal. 
um, one of the one of the vision boards. And I just want to say this too, if I could back up a little bit, sure. you don't have to have you don't have to have a vision board with say the next year's goals. So you can have a vision board for something that's coming up that you want to achieve. So if I can give you an example, I had surgery last November and I was very concerned about the surgery. So I sat down and I actually put a vision board together to represent how I'm going to feel after that surgery. So all of the pictures that I cut out were uh, pictures that were representing, you know, things that uh, were healthy. Uh, I cut out some pictures on, um, you know, like me hiking or that type of thing and words that I knew were going to empower me to feel better, to really make it work so that the mindset would set in and I would have these words. So if I can give you some examples, I have, um, I have living well, that I cut out healthy choices with a heart, feeling good starts inside, give peace of mind this holiday because it was in November. So celebrate the moment. Uh, I put down things like uh, plum perfect, keep on track, never give up take care of your health naturally. I make a difference in the world. And right in the center is a huge picture of me with the mindset playground, because that's my true love. And then down in the other corner is a picture, a bowl of fruit and just things that are healthy and keep going. Never let them dull your sparkle. Um, all things are possible. Manifest. Uh, feeling peachy, like all these things that I put on this vision board. So these are just words that I cut out. Um, there's a little bathtub picture and it says, take care of you. Just little things like that, that made me smile as I was flipping through the magazines. And I just cut them all out and arranged them on cardboard, just a piece of bristle board. And I actually brought that with me to the hospital. And I had it posted right across from my hospital bed. And uh, everybody who came in the room, all of the nurses, all of the visitors, because I had a roommate, even my roommate, they all commented on the board. And they said, you know, what is this? And I said, this is my vision board for getting healthy. And because I was really determined that I was going to do that. I was really going to use that vision board to help me feel better, to put me in a better mindset so that I found that I wasn't in pain like I thought I would be. And I just found that I was up walking around the next morning. I just felt very invigorated and actually liberated, you know, that I had made it through. So I'm just saying that you don't have to have a year long vision board. If you're getting married or if you, if you're doing something that you want, you know, you're, you're hoping to maybe win an award, maybe, maybe you're going to write in a book, anything you can do a small vision board focusing on just that. It doesn't have to be 
something that you want, you know, a year from now. So that's important. So then you just arrange them on the board any way that you want to. There's really no wrong or right way to do it. But here's a couple of hints. Number one, make sure that you include a picture of yourself mm. when you're happy, when you're smiling. So make sure somewhere on the vision board, your picture is there and you're smiling. Uh, whether you're, you know, if you want to lose some weight, whether you're heavier or you're thinner, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter. As long as you have that smile and you know that that's what you're going for. And I would have to say the other thing is make sure that you put it somewhere where you're going to see it all the time, all the time, even if it's not completed. And if you come across a picture or a saying you have no idea why you're cutting out that picture. You just like it. Right. To, yeah. Like to give you an example, I have the cutest little picture of these two dogs and two cats that I found in a magazine. And I just loved this picture. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> I have two dogs. I had no idea why I wanted to cut this out and put it on my vision board. And it turned out that as soon as I did that and I put it on my one vision board for the year, an annual vision board, it turned out that Betty White had passed away. And that week they were celebrating Betty White and she was very much into shelters. So it came to me that I wanted to donate to a shelter because of the Betty White. Um, they had something on Facebook, a challenge or something. And so I said, well, that's the reason why I picked out that picture. I had no idea at the time. And the next day was really interesting because this is how powerful vision boards are. The next day when I walked into the pet store to buy my two dogs, some pet food, there was actually a lady there from the shelter, the pet shelter, the local pet shelter. And they have, they were talking about their program that they have at this pet shelter. It's called the Blue Leash Program. And what it is, is it's a program where they will take animals who come from violent homes, like domestic violence, and they will take the dog in so that the spouse or the person who is the victim can get away from the home. Because it's a proven fact that a lot of people will not leave a violent situation because they're afraid of what will happen with their pet. And a lot of them can't take their pets with them. Mm. But this, pro or this uh, project, what they'll do is they will take in the pet and they will feed it and take care of it. And they will, you know, make sure that it's safe so that when you are out of the home, if you can come back, and pick up your dog because you're in a place that's safe and will accept the dog or the cat, then they can come and retrieve their animal. And I just thought that was just amazing that they have a program like that. And although I can't adopt a pet because I have two dogs already, I said, I definitely want to support that program because it's such a great program. So that's just an example of when you see a picture and you have no idea 
you have no idea why you're cutting it out <laughs> or why you love it. What's drawn you to that picture. Just put it on your vision board. Sure. Number one, it's going to make you happy every time you see it. And it's not going to hurt anything. That's for sure. And so these are some of the tips. And then you arrange everything on your vision board. And along with some great messages that you pick out, such as, you know, feeling good, living well, manifesting, I am enough. Uh, these things will happen. Anything is possible. Just words like that, that will just make it that much more powerful. Put them on that vision board and don't be afraid to share it. Mm -hmm. Show it to people. So that's what I have to say about vision boards. Well, that, those are, that's wonderful. I get the idea that there's a there's another part of ourselves we'll call it unconscious that is below the surface that's that seems that seems to know everything that's connected to mindfulness that's connected to the space and if you can sort of get out of your head and get it and and get in touch with through the vision board for example uh, it allows you to access a dimension of consciousness that actually can transform uh, your your experience and it's a little hard to explain because it's it, it's it is beyond consciousness it's something that's underneath under underneath the surface all right well thank you thank you for sharing about the about the vision about the vision boards uh, because i i believe that that is that that is a valuable a valuable tool that gives you some alignment of your rather than your thoughts being like a shotgun going all over the place like scattering you focus your attention your power on on a particular a target and then you create the collage around that target and so you get power or energy from from the from the vision board wonderful well thank you for sharing that i notice also luann in the back you have Jack's Jack's Canfield's a book. It looks like the success mm -hmm. principles. And yes, I wanted you to share with our audience a, a little bit about about who Jack Canfield is, what your training was that you went through, and some of yes. the mindfulness experiences that you have muscles that you've developed or techniques or practices that you have learned from Jack are in your own journey uh, with our audience so that we can build our mindfulness muscles also. So please share with us a little bit about Jack's, Jack's wisdom and the things that you've gleaned from being a certified trainer for him. I first met Jack in June, 2019. And what happened was, uh, it was my birthday month. And so as a birthday gift, I asked my husband if he would drive to Chicago, because it's about six hours from where I live. Because I heard that Jack Canfield was going to be speaking in Chicago. And the name of his seminar was One Day to Greatness. So we signed up for it and then we had an opportunity to upgrade to VIP seats and we would actually get to meet Jack. So I was all for that. Sure. 
So we, we made the trek down to Chicago and we spent a couple of days in Chicago. And when I went into Jack's seminar, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I heard of Jack Canfield. He was in the movie, The Secret. And I knew that he was the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul books, but I didn't really know a lot about the success principles. So we sat down and we were in our VIP seats and Jack started his training through the book. And I honestly, with every little lesson that Jack gave us, I was honestly blown away. I really was. I was blown away. And I said to my husband, I said, everybody should know what Jack has to say. Everybody should know this. It just gives you a different way to, to face the world, to, to look at yourself. And the first lesson that he gave us was take 100% responsibility for yourself. And that right there blew me away. And how much your life can change just by taking 100% responsibility for yourself. And at the time, and still to this day, as teaching business courses, I am teaching business courses at the local college. And I said, this should be in the curriculum. This should be a course. Everybody should know this, especially if you have a business. You can't go without this, the mindset. It's unbelievable. It seriously blew me away. And that's the reason why I decided at that moment to get certified because Jack said, you know, we'll certify you in the success principles. You'll learn all of the success principles. You'll have access to everything I'm training you with today. And you'll have access to basically everything. And I said, I need this. I need this for college. I need it. Plain and simple. So I signed up for it. and. It's just amazing how my life has completely changed because it was sat on a shelf and for, you know, a few months because life happens when you're making plans sure. and I called it my Jack in the box on the shelf. <laughs> and, uh, and then out of the blue, you know, the pandemic struck and I had foot surgery. So here I am, I got my foot in a cast and it's up. And then the pandemic struck, so I couldn't go anywhere anyway. And I thought, oh, about that Jack in the box sitting on my shelf. And it's funny because I thought about it and then I got an email from Jack. <laughs> it's almost like Jack read my mind. And uh, Jack said, you know, that in this email that he was doing online stuff now and that he was doing reignite your life. And I was like, wow, I, I need that right now. I just need it. And I think so many people needed it after being shut down for so long. And so I started taking that course and that led to another course and that led to another course. And this is all Jack. And then I ended up writing my certification exams and I became certified. So it's just amazing how all of that worked. So it was perfect timing because it was during the pandemic sure. and I was actually, 
I was teaching classes online, believe it or not. And so what I did was I took the lessons that we learned from Jack, some of the lessons, and I actually taught them online just to kind of figure them out to see how they were going to go over to see if everybody felt the same way I did that type of thing. So the first lesson for sure was take 100% responsibility for yourself. And then I did another lesson with them on unleash the, the power of goal setting, which is really important. And in, during that goal setting, that's when I came across the vision board the vision board exercises, what you see is what you get. That's the name of that chapter. And I also did one um, with them and I still do it with them called uh, face your fears and do it anyway. So that one is a perfect chapter to talk about. And because fear, and I'm sure you know this, but fear really stands for false evidence appearing real. There's no such thing as fear and fear is a lie. So it's interesting. So when I explain it to my students, how they can get past that fear and do it anyway, because it's holding you back from whatever it might be. Everything just seemed to just start happening once I got certified and started doing those lessons and bringing them into effect. And when we, weren't locked down anymore. I went back to the college and I started doing all of these lessons and these exercises right in the classroom. And the students were interacting with each other and they just, they loved it. They loved it. So I knew it was the right thing to do. And I myself have learned so much and so much has happened, such as writing in these, these chapters, writing in these two books that I wrote in and setting up the mindset playground. I got an email from bold, brave TV asking me if I would be interested in hosting, you know, and I certainly never in a million years thought that I would be hosting my own podcast and TV show. And now it's gone even beyond that. And now I actually have the mindset playground channel that's coming out on um, a, a TV station, Transform Your Life Network TV that's going to be all over, you know, the internet. So I'm really excited about that too. Woo, boy, a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of wonderful things that, that are happening. I like the idea of take responsibility because the opposite to that is, well, I'll take responsibility for this but I, I'm not going to take responsibility for that. No, no, that was done to me. I, 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 I'm, I'm not responsible for that. So what's the benefit of, of telling yourself that even though it doesn't appear that I'm responsible, if I come from that I'm responsible, somehow it will allow me to sail through that storm in a more, in a, in a, in a stronger, in a stronger position. With with if I if I assume responsibility, so so take a take us on a little journey on that responsibility piece. Well, there is a formula that helps you understand taking one hundred percent responsibility for yourself, and that formula is E plus R equals O. 
I'm gonna go slow there. Which I'm gonna write it down for, in my book here. E E as an echo. Yes. Plus plus R. R as in Roman. R equals O. Okay. And what that stands for? Yeah. What that stands for is events plus response equals outcome. So you can't change the event. The event happens and life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. Plus your response equals your outcome. And let me give you a great example. So if you don't do well on a test, that's the event, the test, your response to that equals your outcome. So if you walk into your test, and I tell all my students this, knowing or saying, oh, I hate this subject. Oh, there's no way I'm going to pass this test. There's no way I'm going to pass it. Oh, I just, this is just terrible. I suck at this. I just know it's, it's, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to forget everything I studied. What's your outcome? Your outcome is you will probably, now I'm not saying in all cases, right. but you will probably receive the mark that you were looking for. Right? So now if you change that response, if you change your response and tell you yourself something positive, like, okay, I've done the best I can. I've studied the best I can. This is going to be okay. It's going to be a test. I'm prepared. I know I'm prepared. I might not get the A plus I'm looking for, but I'm going to shoot for it. And even if I get a B, that is great. Start doing it that way and then walk into that test feeling confident and feeling good. You will probably change your outcome. So that's the best way to say it. E I, plus R equals I, O. What, what I see or hear from what you're saying with, with the formula, uh, the, the event is in the mindfulness terms, the event is what is. It, that's the way it is. It, 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 it has no meaning. It's just that's the way the event is. Then the next thing is, I look at how I am going to respond to to that event. And the way that I look at it, Luann, is that I can choose to respond to the event or I react to the event. And when you react to the event, you've taken choice out. You, you no longer have a choice. It's like an automatic uh, automatic reaction based, in my understanding, based on your conditioning, based on how you are programmed from your past. For example, gee, you're wearing a, a blue shirt. And um, uh, when I was five years old, my father was wearing a blue shirt 
and he yelled at me or something. So I'm associating blue shirts with yelling and father and upset. So here we are 50 years later, blue shirt, and I and I react to it. And so being able to respond means that you have created an empty space between the event and your reaction to the event. That's like a, a buffer zone. Is that, am I in the ballpark with what you're talking about? Absolutely. You see, a baby, if you take a baby, for example, a baby doesn't know I can't. So everybody is born with an I can bucket. That's what I like to call it, the I can bucket. I can, C-A-N. C-A-N, I can bucket. Okay, I can, not I can bucket, it's I can bucket, okay. I can bucket, that's what I call it, the I can bucket. And the thing is, is that as we grow up, all of these I can'ts, I can't, I can't, they end up going into that bucket. So your I can bucket turns into an I can't bucket. And it's really hard to get out of that. Mm -hmm. But if you think about a child, for example, who gets up on a chair, think about that. I don't know if you have children or if anybody in the audience does, but if you have children, I'm sure, or nieces or nephews, I'm sure you can relate to a child getting up on a chair and you know they're there and they're having fun and they're dancing. And what's the first thing we say? Get down, get down. You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. The child doesn't know that. Get down. One, two, right? That's what we do. We're putting more messages into that I can't bucket. Now, yes, if they fall and they hurt themselves, then yes, you were probably right. But the child has to learn that because they don't know. They don't know. So basically, it's the same thing when they're sitting in the classroom or they're sitting wherever and they're off looking off at the stars and they're, you know, they're thinking about they're going to be an astronaut or they're going to be a teacher or whatever. And the teacher right away says, pay attention. They take them away from that dreaming, that whole dreaming state. Pay attention. You can't be doing that. You can't be looking off into the distance. So believe it or not, it's a learned thing. And we learn that through our entire life. You can't do that. So as soon as you say, you know, if I say, well, I want to be an astronaut. You can't do that. You, you can't. You'll never you're, be an astronaut. Yeah. Come on. You got to know physics. You got to know math. You got to forget it. Be an astronaut. Yeah. You got to, you got to be on a special diet. Your butt's too big, whatever. <laughs> right. And so this is what we grow up with. These are the tapes that are in our head that are constantly playing. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> Who do you think you are? No. And so that's what I'm saying by the I can't bucket. It becomes an I can't bucket because everything you think of, they take that one I can out of that bucket that everybody is born with and they replace it with a can't. And did you know that children hear the word no 5,000 times in their first three years? 5,000 times. 
So by the time they go to school, isn't that interesting? I'm writing it down. So I, I have it 5,000 times. That's like the programming. You Pretty soon you, you, you live in a psychological prison and you don't know you're in a psychological prison created by your own mind about, I can't go beyond that because I can't go beyond that. Uh, even though you could go beyond that, your 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 voice inside your head says, no, I can't go beyond that. And guess what's the outcome? The outcome is you don't go beyond that uh, by, by your own thoughts inside your head. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to change the O, which is your outcome, you need to change your response. You bet. And in order to change your response, you have to be awake enough to know that you are not going to automatically react. You're going to be able to stop, going to be able to become mindful of that, gee, my button just got pressed. There's motions going on inside myself, attack thoughts I'm thinking about. I got to get back. I got to get this person is doing it. And be able to calm that energy down. Take a breath. Get your body relaxed. Regroup. Regroups. You just capsized you got to right size the boat up again take that breath and take a look at what's what what the event is again and and see well what's what would be the healthy choice uh, the physical healthy choice the mentally healthy choice the emotional healthy choice and usually in my reality is you got to you you got to figure out a way to shift the 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 negative into what you talked about earlier gratitude uh, yes so i'd like to complete our podcast because i know gratitude is something that is an important ingredient in that springboarding yourself from that i can't and not responsible and the world's doing it to me i'll never be able to be able to blah 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 most people are, I find, stingy with gratitude. and But I also find that gratitude is the, one of the fastest ways, that and forgiveness. Forgiveness and gratitude, to me, you're dealing with two things. Forgiving that person that offended you, gratitude and appreciation of all the things that you have sort of pops you out of that that negative space and put you into a more positive mental attitude. Uh, and and so the reason like, you know, for that, go ahead. yes, the reason for that is because it is medical. It is a medically known fact that you cannot think of two things at the same time. That's not how the brain is wired. And women think it's just men, but... <laughs> It's us as well. So what I mean by that is when you're in a bad mood or you're going to react in a negative way or you're going to do something that might not be the way that you should do it, you need to, like you said, either go into forgiveness or go into gratitude because your brain cannot focus on those two, the negativity and the gratitude, the negativity and the forgiveness. It cannot focus on both at the same time. That is the quickest and the easiest way 
to rewire your brain. And that's why one of the things I talk about is creating a joy list. Write down the things that really bring you joy. And carry that list with you. And the next time you're having any negative thoughts whatsoever, or before you go into a job interview, or before you do anything, maybe go on your first date, I don't know, whatever it may be, read your joy list. Mm. And you will have a mind shift automatically without even trying. What a fountain of knowledge. What a fountain of information, wisdom, Luann, that you've given us today. Everything from the the E plus R equals O, the gratitude, the forgiveness, the vision board. All these are wonderful tools that allows us to become more present, less of a victim of our conditioning, more of a mindful, present, relaxed, still, not agitated. Take that breath. Very, very present, very, very mindful. So I want to thank you for all the wisdom that you've imparted today. And also, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, they wanted to find out more about you and uh, the Mindset Playground, what would be the best way to connect with you in addition to the show notes that are accompanied the podcast? Everything is on my website, which is super simple. It's Luann Hunt, just like it shows in the window there, luannhunt.ca. Everything is on my website. So how to connect with me, what I talk about, the books that I've written in, and of course, the Mindset Playground. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Luann. Been a wonderful guest. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with the audience. And just have a wonderful, mindful, stillness, joyful day. Thank you very much. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.